Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 12 of Simply Finance with Shane White. Uh, I am your host, and thanks for tuning in today. This is, honestly, I think we are in, I know we're in week two officially of uh, the stay-at-home order in Chicago. I'm honestly losing track of days, (laughs) what number we're on at this point, but it is March 31st of 2020, and we're going to change up what we chat through a little bit today. So um, I really want to get back to a little bit more of the roots of why I started this. Uh, sometimes I think I hop into the news and I want this to be free-flowing, um, but I also want to make sure I'm I'm breaking down things that I'm learning about the stock market or um, really just teaching people um, things that I've learned. So um Today's episode is going to be, like I said, a little bit different, and um, so we'll just jump in. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna start off each day uh, just giving you a briefing on what the market did yesterday, and then uh, as I'm recording this, I'll kind of post you or update you on where the market's at today. And I'll start off with the three big indexes uh, in the United States. So uh, yesterday, all three major indexes, the NASDAQ, the S&P 500, and the Dow Jones were up over 3%. We've seen lots of market volatility lately. Uh, Stock prices going up, going down. Uh, But yesterday was a green day across the board for most of the U.S. economy. Uh, today, though, and I updated this about 45 minutes ago, um, today it, everything is a little bit uh, red. So everything's down a little bit, not quite even half a percentage point. Uh, the NASDAQ's down 0.3%. The S&P is down 0.85%. And the Dow Jones, another 0.8%. Um, so this is what we're, we're kind of like getting used to this back and forth swings. Uh, I think for a lot of investors that still have money in, luckily, um, most of the big windfalls, whether it's big gains day over day or big decreases, have kind of subsided for now. As the coronavirus news, nothing drastically different has popped up um, day over day. Obviously, it continues to get worse here in the United States. So, um, But besides the, the mere fact of it getting worse, nothing's really changing day in and day out. Um, that's driving any crazy decreases in the market. So uh, everyone's kind of holding their breaths. Uh, My personal opinion is, and I've mentioned this in the last few episodes, I don't think we've seen the bottom of the stock market yet. Uh, I think we're definitely going to have more days of decline. I think as this continues to get worse, and especially in April, what I've been telling a lot of my friends and family is keep an eye out as earnings season is around the corner. So a lot of major public companies that are being traded will announce their quarter one earnings at some point in April. And a lot of those industries that are really getting hammered right now, I think those are the ones that are really going to drive the market down. Um, everything has kind of been up to the news at this point, right? Like airlines, um, hotel industry, we all know they're closed down or not operating as normal. So we're all expecting their Q1 earnings to be horrible, to be honest, Uh, but we'll see. So uh, I'm going to pivot there from where the market's kind of been the last day or so uh, and pivot to two stocks that I actually want to just throw on your horizon. Uh, They're in my stock market 
rebound tracker that I will link uh, below. Uh, and just to remind people who uh, haven't seen that or heard of that yet, uh, that's just a tracker that I'm keeping up to date and sharing with all of you, family and friends. Uh, it's a lot of the stocks that I'm keeping an eye on. Um, and again, I would love for people to comment, you know, let me know what you think. Um, and would love to grow this list, uh, and have it become more and more, um, robust as new information comes in. So that's that. Um, the two companies I'm going to talk about and two companies I think we should continue to keep an eye on. The first one is zoom. Uh, if you're working remote right now, um, most people have probably either heard of zoom or, uh, are actually using it. So it's the platform uh, that allows video conferencing face to face. One of the platforms that does that, uh, they are up over the last three months, 115%, which, I mean, you don't see that. And then in these times with the amount of people now jumping and working remote, um, it's been a popular stock that people have hopped on. And the last month alone, it's up 24%, but today it's down 4%. So this one, I think um, it was one of those stocks that people really jumped on when they heard people were going to be remote for the t- for really the foreseeable future. Uh, another one that I won't go into today, but you guys all know I love is Slack, uh, another key uh, platform to use when we're remote. So I would keep an eye on them. I think we might have seen the crazy gains that are going to come out of this stock, honestly. And if anything, uh, depending on what their earnings look like and we actually find out really how many new users they were able to acquire during this coronavirus epidemic, um, I would argue that we could see them decline. So definitely not a stock that I'm investing in right now. Um, But if you did three months ago, congratulations. That's a fucking big win. So um, then on the flip side, one that probably is not a surprise to you, but I'm keeping an eye on it. I think this could be um, a cheap buy is American Airlines. American Airlines um, over the last three months down 56%, which you think about declines and increases for a company who's been around as long as American Airlines to have a stable price in the market over the course of three months, have that completely fall over halfway down its valuation. It's astronomical for American Airlines and a lot of the airlines are in the same boat. Um, over the last month, they're down 30%. So, um, you know, over half of that three-month decline has come just in the last month. And obviously, um, there'll be a one that I'm going to be following um, in April during their earnings release. It's all arbitrary at this point on what people are saying, how bad the airlines are getting hit. We all know that, you know, most of us are not planning on getting on an airplane anytime soon. Um, so I'm very interested to see... I'm really just interested to see what the news is and what the actual data comes out with these guys. Um, how bad has it been? And really, I think um, what will be a big driver of their forecast is not just how bad it is right now, but what they're forecasting as far as flights over the next three months, right? The next quarter. So over the summer or part of the summer. Um, so yeah, Zoom and American Airlines, two that I would keep an eye on, um, one that popped, one that's fallen. But on the flip side, I'd think about investing in American Airlines a lot sooner than I would Zoom, just merely because I think it's a good deal right now. The airlines will come back. We will all get through this, and they will be rolling again. So that is a company I'm keeping an eye on. 
All right. So that's kind of my market updates today um, and companies I'm following closely. Um, now I want to jump back into really like the simple finance concept in itself, which was, you know, taking things that are a little more complex and trying to break them down. And so I'm going to call this last part of uh, the podcast. And for those of you following along on YouTube and, and all the other platforms and video form, uh, this is going to be called the concept of the day. And what I want to talk about today is uh, what is actually happening when you buy and sell stock. So I think a lot of you have probably um, bought or sold or both um, shares of a company before. And if you haven't, um, I always tell people and suggest using Robinhood. Uh, they're not a sponsor of the podcast or anything. They just um, are a very user-friendly platform. Their app is great. Um, and they have zero, zero commission fees. And now, um, they've also unlocked two new things that I love to talk about. One is, uh, cryptocurrency. I don't have a lot invested in cryptocurrency, but for those of you who want to, you can have stocks and crypto all in the same place, which I think is a huge win. Secondly, and way more importantly, uh, they've unlocked what's called partial shares. So, um, for example, if you want to buy Amazon today and I forget what their stock tickers at currently at the moment. Uh, let's see. They are at nineteen, almost two thousand dollars a share. So for a lot of you, and especially people that are new in the stock market, um, throwing two thousand dollars at one share at one company isn't usually what people are going to want to do to spread their money. So partial shares allow you to just let's just say you want you want to uh, a stock's worth a hundred dollars. You don't want to put a hundred dollars to get one share but you would be willing to just throw $10 at Amazon, right? Just to use this fake numbers and this stock as an example. So if you had $10 to spend, the stock was $100. Partial shares would allow you to just spend $10 and you'd get uh, a tenth of a share, right? So you wouldn't get a full share because you didn't spend $100. You would get 0.1 shares. So it allows you to kind of spread and diversify, which, you know, diversification we've talked about in here before. Um, it allows you to really spread out um, your investments across companies. Now, your return's not going to be as high. If it pays dividends, you're not going to get paid as much, but you can still get in and, and invest in more companies with less dollars. Hope that makes sense. So anyway, that's what I would, I would suggest doing um, if you want to get in and buy stock and you haven't done so. Um, but yeah, let's just jump right in. So what's actually happening when you buy and sell stocks? So if you think about any public company, they have what's called outstanding shares. So what, what they did is they, um, at one point in time, went public, right? So they listed their company on a stock exchange. Um, and what they're trying to do is raise money, right? So what they're doing is they're giving up ownership of their company, or at least what they have left, and <clears throat> they're putting it into the public's hands. So let's just say company company A here is going public. And company A is going to offer 100 shares to the market. Now, there's a whole process, and I'm not going to go into this part today, but there's a whole process um, that goes into evaluating what the stock price will start at. Um, and that's really trying to basically look at the financials of that company and understand what it should be valued at. Um, but as far as, let's just say this company launches, right? And they're stock price uh, is at $10. So they have 100 shares on the market. 
their price is ten dollars, technically their market capitalization or what they're worth is a thousand dollars. Okay, so you just multiply those two together. Now, right off the bat, you have a hundred people who all bought a share. So all the shares are out in people's hands. They're in their portfolios on Robinhood of company A. And I'm just kind of writing some of this down as I talk it out. Um, and now the first person who owns some of the stock wants to sell it. So what they can't do is just get rid of it, right? You can't just like sell it on your, on your, um, on your Robinhood app. And it just, the, the, it's not like you get the money for what the price is worth on the market. And, um, the, the share that you had is just floating out into space waiting for someone to buy it. For a long time, to be honest, I thought that's how it worked. I thought, you know, people would just share out of stock or sell it, I mean, and it would just be kind of sitting there waiting to be bought by somebody else. That's not at all how it happens, though. And this this process is very confusing. So I really, uh, as I was working on this uh, last night and this morning, really try to like break down all the steps. So the first thing you need to know is when anyone buys and sells stocks, technically what you're doing, especially through like a system like Robinhood or a brokerage, uh, which is doing all this electronically, is two people on both sides of the transaction. One person has to be willing to sell it and one person has to be willing to buy it. The, the first word kind of to like learn about is called the bid. The bid is really the price at which someone is willing to buy it. So if I'm trying to buy stock uh, in company A, I'll have a I'll have a price, and that price is what you see on Robinhood at the given moment. Okay, so that's the price that you like. If you hit buy now, obviously you're willing to buy at that price. But on the flip side, there also has to be an ask, which is the price at which someone is willing to sell it. Now, the price that you see on Robinhood, if you go to sell it, is also what you're signing up for as being your ask price. Okay, so what what needs to happen to fast forward a little bit when a transaction takes place is you know I'm Shane, I have my friend Andrew. We don't know each other, obviously. This is all through the internet, but I'm agreeing to buy it at one price. They're agreeing to sell it. They have one share. I want one share. When we both hit buy and sell, the computers are doing all that work in the background, finding those two things, matching it, converting the sale. So then my friend Andrew has just sold me a share for $10. I get the one share at $10. He gets $10. And then if there's a brokerage in between, not like not Robinhood, you could that's usually where you could, as Andrew, lose money if you're paying commission fees. So that's a sell, right? That's a sell and a buy of a share. So what's happening is at once these shares are all, all out in the market, in order for you to acquire, in order for you to sell, there has to be a buyer and a seller on both sides of every stock equation. Okay. Now, um, how are these prices at, at the, the bid and the ask established? Um, this is where it gets a little more into economics. And if any of you haven't heard this term, I would suggest just Googling it. Um, but it's a pretty, in business, this is a pretty common term used very widely across industries. And it's really what comes down to is just the stock market's supply and demand. So, as I said before, there's got to be a buyer, there's got to be a seller for every stock transaction. Um, and this is where the supply and demand um, helps to drive the stock price. So let's just say, again, we're looking at company A. On the Let's just say on a piece of paper, right? Line right down the middle. On the right side, we have 100 people 
that want to sell the stock. All right. So the supply of stock available of people that want to sell is a hundred. And let's say on the other side, people that want to buy, we have 10. So obviously there's a lot more people willing to buy than there are to sell. So what's that going to do to the price? So let's just use an example of, uh, you know, this is kind of timely. So, um, let me just use like this coronavirus situation right now. Let's just say there's water. Okay. Bottled water. Um, there's 10 people who have, who want to sell it, right? Like this is a real life situation now. Not very many people have it or are selling it. Right. But there's a hundred people who want it. Okay. So what's the price going to do? Let's say like a bottle of water was $1 before all this coronavirus stuff happened. Now that the coronavirus stuff came in, a lot of people want it. So like I said, 100 people want to buy versus 10 people that want to sell. If it was $1 before, you don't have enough to sell everything at a dollar. You'll sell out in three seconds, right? Because you have so many people that want to buy it. So in the market, what happens is instead of someone selling it for a dollar, the price is going to slowly keep climbing because there's more demand than there is supply. And this is all electronically happening in the background, right? Depending on how many people are trying to buy and how many are trying to sell. So it's happening fast. And this is the part that gets a little bit confusing. And this really, this goes even above um, what I've researched and understood because I don't fully understand all the, all the mathematical equations that are really going on um, from like a software perspective. But it is uh, a hefty process that's going on while the markets are open and trading is going on. So back to my example, um, instead of selling a bottle of water for a dollar, these people will not take advantage of people in the coronavirus um, pandemic right now, but someone might up the price to 10 and so people will, st will keep upping that price slowly, but surely until it evens out. Right? So you went from having hundred people wanting to buy something, 10 people selling it. The price keeps going up as the price keeps going up a dollar. You're going to have people on the right that wanted to buy it for a dollar to keep to fall off. So if the price goes up too high, they're like, nah, I'm out and they move off and they don't buy. And eventually you'll, you'll raise that price so far that you'll flip the other way where you'll have, it's so lucrative to sell the stock because of how expensive it is that you actually have people lining up to sell their stock. And now on the other side, it's too expensive. So the people that were buying it all left, and now you have 10 people wanting to buy and 100 people selling it, right? Because now it's too expensive for new people to come in and buy, but it's a great time for people who have the stock to sell it. And over time, that supply and demand really evens itself out, Okay. And on the crazy days that we're seeing right now in the stock market, I mean, the reason things are falling, right, uh, especially with the news over the last couple of weeks and why the stock market's come down, is because you had so many people lining up to sell. And they really wanted to, be, to protect themselves, get cash back in their pockets. And on the flip side, it was falling, so no one wanted to buy, right? So it kept falling and kept falling and kept falling. Um, so I hope that makes sense. That's that's essentially like how pricing works. I don't know how many people really know that how the, that the price for a stock is is really dependent on your econ one hundred and one supply and demand curve. Um, but that's what I kind of wanted to go into today. Um, I'll, the only other thing I'll add is there's a little bit more we can dive into um, if you're not interested in understanding kind of the depth of that supply and demand and how it changes the price. You're more than happy to turn this this episode off. Um, it'll be a, a few more minutes. Um, but really, what I'm going to get into next is just matching buyers and sellers. So, like I said before, if you know as as people come in or come out, depending on pricing, you have swings in supply and demand. 
Now, two more terms I kind of wanted to review. I thought this was interesting as I was doing more research because uh, I obviously even learn a lot as I prepare for um, these episodes. And really, the first one is liquidity. So if you think about a stock, let's just say, again, these are always fun numbers I'm using, trying to make it really easy and simple. Let's just say you have a stock and you only have 10 people that are interested in buying and selling. Let's just say we have five people selling it, five people buying it. That's not a lot of people to come in and all be ready to sell and agree on a price, right? So the fewer people you have, the less likely you are to both agree on a price and both hit sell and both hit buy and agree, right? Like five people globally on both sides is not much. And sometimes it actually can prohibit you from buying and selling because there's just no one's agreeing on the price, if that makes sense. On the flip side, a company like, let's say Walmart, one of the largest companies on the planet, they might have a million people at a time ready to buy and a million people ready to sell at the same time. So the likelihood of two people with a transaction agreeing on a price electronically happens, you know, all day, every day. And so what that means, that's called as liquidity. And what, what's great about liquidity, and usually when you use the term liquidity, you know, it's it's something that's easy, easily sellable into cash. So it kind of goes the same with stocks. If a company is is highly liquid, it just means that there's tons of people buying and selling all the time. So if you want to get out now, I can hit Walmart on my Robinhood account and sell right now. And that'll easily transact. Someone else will buy and we'll, I have my money. And someone else has my stock. If something's not liquid, it would be like that scenario again. Five and five, the chance, the likelihood of two people agreeing is less likely. Uh, and the and the other piece uh, that kind of goes in with that that builds on liquidity is called the spread. So the spread is really the the variance or the gap between what someone's willing to buy, so the buyer, and what someone's willing to sell, seller. The spread, and what happens is if you have five people on one side, five on the other, the spread can be really big, right? Because you don't have lots of transactions. You might only have a couple transactions a month or a day, so the spread can get really big. And that's less liquid, right? Again, it's less likely you're going to match and have the transaction take place. Now, large companies not only have a lot of people on both sides of the fence trading, they also, usually because so many transactions are happening at once on such a high scale, the spread is much smaller. So what people are willing to buy it at and sell it at are usually pretty close, right? And if the spread is small and your your, um, depth right? The amount of people on both sides, is what that's called, is really high, then you're as liquid as you can possibly be. So you have people transacting, buying, selling, buying, selling, agreeing on price, agreeing on price. The depth of your, of your stock is high. So that's what liquidity, depth, uh, all that means. Um, and really what you want to think about with depth and what, what the benefit of having good depth for someone like you or me buying or selling is the more people that are involved and the more people that are on both sides of the fence and the smaller the spread, it helps us when huge institutions or big time investors come in and buy. So for example, if we're talking about company A who has five people on both sides buying and selling, right? And let's just say all five of those people add up to have a hundred shares. Someone like, let's just use Warren Buffett, for example, could come in and buy all 100 shares at one time. And because he's taking all the demand, or sorry, all the supply, 
he could drive the price, right? He he is one institutional buyer could drive the price. So not that it's a good or a bad thing. It's just it's more volatile for you and me who are probably buying much fewer shares of a company than Warren Buffett, right? On the flip side of that, a company like Walmart is selling and buying so many transactions in a day. The supply and demand by one person, even if it's a ton of shares, right? Even if someone like Warren Buffett comes in and buys a ton of shares, if the depth and the liquidity are great, he himself cannot swing the stock as much as he would for the smaller company. Hope that makes sense. The last part gets a little confusing and it's a little more of a, you know, I have to kind of like draw it and map it out. I mean, that's something I can do in the future. Um, but I hope that's super helpful. I hope this episode, this one got me excited because this is something that I, I get asked all the time and without sitting down and mapping it out, it can get really confusing. So I hope this was helpful. Hopefully you feel like you have a much better understanding on like how prices are fluctuating on a stock any given day uh, and then what's actually happening when you buy and sell. I think it's kind of cool to think every time you you buy something on the stock market, someone else decided at that same moment or in that similar moment that they were selling, they wanted to sell it for the same price, right? Someone else is like cashing out and you're like, this is a good deal. I'm getting in or on the flip side, you're, you've made so much money that someone else is like, this is still a good deal. Like I want to get in today and you're ready to cash out and make money. I just think it's a cool concept. Um, it really gives the trading component to the stock market a different meaning when you understand that. Um, and yeah, little knowledge bomb today. So anyway, hope you guys are all staying safe. Um, this has been a pleasure doing this. Would love to know what people think if they like this format better or worse, totally fine, willing to change it and improve it. Um, but hope all of you stay safe and we will talk again soon. Have a go, everybody. Hey there, everybody. Not quite done yet. Just wanted to add a little ending to today's episode. Uh, if you look in the show notes, don't forget there's a few links there. The first one being a link to uh, my stock market rebound tracker. This is essentially a free Google Sheet tool for any of you to use and share with your friends um, that just basically maps out the stocks that I am keeping an eye on. Uh, potentially looking to invest in and really just wanting to keep on the radar. So definitely check that out. And then if you are new to investing and really want to try it for yourself, uh, I would suggest using the second link in the show notes, which is basically a link to Robinhood, which is the platform I use for all of my investments. You get free trading, no commission fees whatsoever. And by the way, Robinhood is not a sponsor of the podcast, um, but you will be able to get a free stock uh, by signing up using my link. So get after it. Try out some investing. Uh, thanks again for listening. And most importantly, stay positive. Have a good day. And I will talk to you guys soon. Goodbye.